Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I don't know if you've seen that, but I have coordinated with the filing. <laughs> Is that a good thing? I don't know. Maybe. Can't wait to see the pink jumper to go with the rest of the filing system. Listen, what I'm doing is every week I will be coordinating with something in the room. I love that. I love a little coordination. Yeah, it's great. Maureen, what are you coordinating with? Um, not really bothered, to be honest. Yep, that's what I thought. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. And we'd like to thank our new patron, Rebecca. Wow, look at that. <laughs> I had coordinated earrings on before, but I, I took them off and now I wish I hadn't. Oh. Why did you take the earrings off? Well, no, no, I wear the big headphones. Yeah, but today I just stuck with the little ones, guys. I just, I couldn't confine my ears any longer today, so. Oh, I'm with you. My ear, I, I bought these and I really like them. They're noise cancelling, which is great. But equally, it means that when I'm talking, I can't hear myself. I would say that's a plus. <laughs> Actually, that is good. Another positive with these headphones. <laughs> I always start with a negative, but Maureen has helped guide me to the positive. You cannot hear yourself, Brister. That is a positive. <laughs> Major. Plus. <laughs> Chloe's made me a very strong cup of tea. Don't get me wrong, I like a strong tea. And usually I'm very scathing about her tea. Sometimes it looks like she's just grazed a tea bag over the hot water. Oh, I hate that. Weak tea. Yuckety yuck. No. But this one... You could stand a teaspoon up in it. Do you know what? There's a very good, I don't know if you've ever seen it, I think only British people really get it, but there's a very good clip by Doc Brown 
but he talks about a proper cup of tea and it is hilarious. It's brilliant. Have you ever seen that clip? Oh, it's Doc very, Brown. Very I think funny. I have seen it, yeah. But I've shown it to non-Brits and they just don't get it and you're like, mm. No, because making a cup of tea isn't the ritual that it is here. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. Let's get controversial for a minute. I don't mean to start the podcast off with such a controversial topic. You're not going to ask about when you put the milk in, are you? You bet I'm going to ask that question. Do you put it in before or do you put it in after? I actually don't drink tea. Which, you know, when you're British and you live abroad, people don't believe you. They're like, yeah. no, we'll make some tea. It's like, I don't drink tea. They think I'm just being polite. Obviously, they don't know me very well. <laughs> I don't drink tea. What do you do, Alison? I put the milk in first, guys. I know. <gasps> I know. It's wild. Alison. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't put milk in on the tea. It doesn't brew. As soon as you add the milk, it stops brewing. I heard if you put hot water on the tea, it burns the tea. It scalds the tea. I have never heard of anything so ridiculous that you put cold milk on a tea bag and then top it up with water. Yeah. I'll have a scalded tea bag that is tastes like tea. Thank you. You put the hot water in, you brew your tea, then when it's to the colour that you like, you take your tea bag out, then you add the milk so you know what colour your tea's going to be. Otherwise, it could be any colour. So you choose your tea by the clear colour of the tea, not the milky colour of the tea. You wait till the tea is at the proper colour with just water. I know how long my tea needs to brew. Then I take it out and then I add the milk. And if I've gone, oh, I've, I've taken my tea bag out too early, I just add less milk because I don't like a milky tea. Do you know what I'm enjoying about this conversation? Jen is talking to Alison how she usually talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened, Maureen. It's happened. It's happened. <laughs> It was going to happen at some point, Alison, but you have made me very angry with that. Here's my be more Alison moment. I put the milk in first. <laughs> Never say that to two British people, I've learned. Absolutely. The most appalling thing I've ever heard in my life. I've never had a decent cup of tea. When I've been to the US, they have this awful tea, Lipton tea. Oh, it's horrible. Whatever you think that is, that is not tea, my love. Chuck it in the bin. And iced tea can go fuck itself. Oh, I love iced tea. Ugh. Can I apologise to non-Brits who won't understand how important this is to British people about putting the milk in or not? I'm sure they can relate with their coffee. Your hot beverage, how do you like it made? You know, it's... How do you like your hot drink? How do you like your Horlicks? How do you like your, your latte frappuccino crappadapadooly? <laughs> how do you like it? What do you want? Oh, Alison, wait till you hear about Maureen's routine with her instant frappuccinos. <laughs> Come on, Maureen, let's hear it. Well, I bung it in, bung in the powder, yeah. bung in the water, yeah. stir it. And as Jen knows, I don't stir it all because it Whoa. takes blinking ages. Right. So I still have lumps of the kind of powder. Lumps of yeah, powder. Yeah, because it takes ages. It takes ages. The whole point is because it is a powdered latte, cappuccino, whatever the hell it is, <laughs> it has to take a little bit longer because when you're stirring it, that's what's creating the froth yes. that you like from the latte, yeah, yeah. frappuccino, crappadapadooly, yeah. whatever it is. But Maureen, she pours the hot water in. It absolutely drives me <laughs> insane to watch her do this. It's about four inches of powder in these things. It's absolutely ridiculous. A lot. Yeah. So I see Maureen, she's talking to me, you know, she's pouring herself uh, her hot water over her six inches of powder. <laughs> Firstly, there's already not enough water in there. Add more water because now all I can just see is like globules of powder. A paste. It's paste, yeah. Yeah. And then Maureen's very casually turning the spoon around the mug mm. in a way that's sort of, that's not going to do anything. You've got to really give it a spin. 
and then just proceeds to drink this liquidy powder stuff. Yeah, but the powder, I just make sure it goes to the other side of the, the cup. I don't swallow it. But that's the drink, don't you? <laughs> but that's what the purpose of I'm this... spending five minutes blinking stir in the damn powder. Why are you using logic? Why are you trying to use <laughs> logic? I know, Jen. Stop logic. Okay, Maureen, can I make a suggestion? What? I want you to fill halfway to start and use a fork. I want you to whisk it with a fork as opposed to spoon stir. That does not do the powder. Yes, actually, that will happen quicker. It sounds like a lot of hassle for drink, doesn't it? Yeah, but Maureen, you've already cut out all the work by buying a pre-prepared one. You could take 30 <laughs> extra seconds. Yeah. I want you to enjoy your thing. I, I enjoy it as it is. I don't even care if you enjoy it. I just don't want to look at it. <laughs> I just don't want to look at it, Maureen. <laughs> your enjoyment is of little to no importance to me. What I don't want to see is globules of powder in a mug being consumed by anyone. Okay? Do you want Alex put up the clip this week about me drinking my latte in that? Yeah. Somebody commented, which was, was quite funny. She goes... Maureen, you've left the foil on. <laughs> I kept thinking that too. I was like, doesn't even take the whole lid off. And I was like, oh yeah, I did. Didn't even think about that. Or put it in a mug. <laughs> put it in a mug was the other thing I was thinking. No, but if you put it in a mug, you've got to wash the mug up. I thought that as I was saying that to myself last night, I was like, actually, she didn't even put it. Oh, but then you'd have to clean a dish. There's so much to, to do, Maureen. You're so busy, busy <laughs> whisking up lattes and... <laughs> What me is that it's making more and more logic. The more and more time I spend with her, I was like, well, of course she didn't dirty a mug. You see? I don't want to, Maureen. Now I'm seeing things with your eyes. I'm like, that makes perfect sense. I'll, uh, absolutely. Uh, moving on from our drinking habits, Jen, you were travelling this week, and I, we know how much you love travelling. Oh, yeah. Yes, I was in Holland and Belgium. <laughs> Well, I mean, what can I say? Was the weather nice? The weather was beautiful. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was blue skies, there was sunshine, and from the in interior of whatever vehicle, stroke train, so whatever, <laughs> I really enjoyed witnessing that there was sunshine. I spoke to Maureen about this. Listen, it was fun in lots of ways. I, I went with Milo McCabe, who plays the character Troy Hawk, and we, we did have a lot of fun. But on the whole, there was a lot of hanging around. What I realised is, and if I did them again... When they say, we're going to pick you up at blah, blah, blah time, I'm going to say, no, I'll see you there 10 minutes before the gig starts. Yeah. <laughs> Don't pick me up two and a half hours before the show starts. So I'm hanging around in a venue and I'm already tired and I could just do with having a rest. That rest time that you often yeah, have yeah, yeah. just before you do a gig was gone and you're just in a green room hanging around for two and a half hours. It was just... But, um, yeah, you know, Dutch audiences, Utrecht Comedy Festival, that was fun. I think the people of Holland really enjoyed my show. <laughs> yes, we enjoyed it. Yes, good, good job, Jen. And in Belgium, they were like, yes, we enjoyed the first show, but the third show was rubbish. Um, but anyway, this guy who was uh, driving me, it was actually the other way around. He said, I saw the first show, and, mm, not so good. Third show, very good. Well done. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> At least you got better as you went on. I said to Maureen, thank God he didn't see the second show where I bombed. But, uh, yeah, fun times. Actually, that's it. I've, I've finished. This is over. I mentioned this to Jen earlier, and you've all been in this position where you're standing next to another comic, and then this woman came up to me and she went to me, you were great, you were the best on that night. And Sean Walsh was standing next to me was going, 
That is so rude. Because <laughs> we've both been in the situation where they compliment you or they ignore you. We get it both ways, don't you? Um, I find that unbelievable that people think it's acceptable to say things like that. When they've seen two acts on and then just go up to one comic and go, I loved everything you did, and then blank the other one. It's like, what? how does your brain work that you think that's or acceptable? Or then they go, oh, and you were good too. Don't, just don't. Keep walking. To be fair, last time that happened, it was the other way round and I'd actually had a very bad gig and they went up to Sean, went on, Sean had stormed it and then they looked at me and went, hmm. And you could see they were thinking, who booked her? I think it's something about you and Sean together that's creating this binary response where they have to go to up to one or other of you and go, I loved you, I thought you were shit. I'm glad it was that way round and not the other way round, Maureen, because I think you would have found it less funny. Yeah, I would have found it less funny if it was the other way round. We wouldn't be hearing the story right now. No, we wouldn't be hearing the story. I would have kept kept that one quiet. Or the other one we get as female comics, and it must have happened to both of you, is you were great because I don't normally like female comics. It's like, well, you've watched the wrong ones, haven't you? Oh, do me a favour. Are you trying to tell me that you've never laughed in the company of women? That none of your mates, (laughs) no one in your family, your auntie, your grandma, your sister, your best friend, what, none of them have made me laugh. It's only when a bloke talks that you've gone, that's hilarious. Because unless you have a ball sack, you can't be funny. Listen, love, bog off. Okay, and take your internalised misogyny with you. And the thing is, they say it and they think they're complimenting you. It's like, you're not complimenting me. I know, it's not a compliment. It's irritating. It's irritating. Do what I do and just yawn. And go, wow. Alison, how was your week? It was good. It was good. It was a busy week. Although I did a gig and it was so bad. And I walked in and basically the booker just came up to me and the MC, who was a woman as well, at the interval before I went on to close and was like, They just don't like women, so... What? Said this is the person who, like, runs the show. And then the guy who was on in the middle, he didn't do well either. And she looked at him and she was like, oh, and you came on too strong. You attacked them. I was like, wow, okay, so this person has come back and right away been like, they don't like women. You came on too strong. So I thought, oh, I'll play the same game back then. So I was like, oh, actually, I found the sound is really bad in the venue and people can't hear in areas, right? And this is what the promoter said. Well, there's nothing I can do about that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's next level. Nothing I can do about that. And so I said, well, I think if the sound was better, or if you kicked out that one particular table that keeps talking and generating a whole bunch of, like, energy-sucking, you know, noise, that would make a big difference. So another manager of the venue went and got that table to leave, and I went on and closed. And I don't say this, I am not this person, but I fucking killed. Yes! So I just looked at her and I was like, they don't like women, hey? No, they don't like the environment that they have been put in that you set up. So don't you blame it on us. <laughs> it drove me crazy. They don't like women. Yeah. You're the promoter. Like, what also, are you? you're a woman. What the hell is wrong with you? Also, if you thought that, why is he booking you then? I mean, it doesn't even make sense. Why is she booking us then? Oh, she. She. Very interesting. Yeah. I literally do not have the patience for that kind of nonsense anymore. No, Jen wouldn't. They don't like women. Well, you know what? It's your job to tell them that they listen to people on the stage. That's it. I don't care what they like. They're going to like comedy because that's what they're going to get. It's your job to make sure you're controlling the environment in which I'm about to do my job. So don't attack my job and don't take any responsibility on your end of things. I mean, I remember doing a gig. It was me and Angie McAvoy. It was quite a few years back. And we said to the promoter, you know, it'd work a lot better if you moved the tables nearer the stage and closer together. And he went, oh, we've had a lot of comics tell us that. <laughs> i tell you what, I have zero skills in, in most walks of life. 
indeed, I would go so far as to say is that I am an ignoramus. But I tell you what I do know. I know what works in a comedy room. In comedy. I know what works. I know what doesn't work. And if you listen to comedians about what is needed to make a room work, guess what? The room will work. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable how little people listen to comics when it comes to setting up a room. They just kind of get, well, we've always done it this way. Well, then it's always been shit, okay? Well, it looks like we've all done gigs that we've thoroughly enjoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Maureen, dare I ask, what is your be my money moment? I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't understand. I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. I've actually changed it because I recently got food poisoning. Oh, oh. Maureen. It just reminded me of a story when I told Jen, she was just, she just couldn't believe it. I don't know why, because she's known me so long, but anyway. A guy I've caught up with, we were romantically involved, there's no romance now. But obviously I want him to think well of me because, you know, I still really like him. <laughs> and I sang Jen this story, we're in the car. I told him the story about when I was staying with him and I got the shits. And she was like, why would you tell him a story like that? And I went, yeah, and he couldn't remember. So I kept going, yes, you do remember. And I kept like giving him details of the scenario. She's going, why are you bringing that? <laughs> why would you bring that story up to somebody who you... You want to think well of you. And I'm going, he couldn't remember. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, we were at your mate's house. You lot were playing poker. Um, <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I don't remember any of this. And I was like... He's like, I worked really hard to block that out, but I'm glad that it's back in the old memory bank now. Also, you've had a romantic liaison with someone, and, it, and it's albeit like however long ago, but you've still got the hots for that person, and you've, you're bringing up memories of old. Do you remember when? Can you remember that time when we got together after we went to the cinema and we held hands or whatever it is? No, not boring. Do you remember that time I got the shits? I couldn't stop shitting. Do you remember that? Yeah, and he's like, no, I don't remember that. So anyone else would go, oh, well, I'll leave that there. Maureen's like, well, let's say I had the really bad trots, okay, and I was on the toilet for ages. I think I asked you to pass me some bog roll. Do you not remember that? Um, you remember when somebody said the toilet bowl had been destroyed? That was me. I did that. Oh, for God's sake, Maureen. Why are you bringing that up? Jen was like, why would you tell him that? And also, he was like, he kept changing the subject. Yes, Maureen, he doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, he kept changing No, to be subject. fair, I did mention the fact late in another conversation that you laughed at me bringing that up. And then he told me a story about him having the shits when I wasn't there. So I think we can definitely say the romance oh, side of things is out the window. That's the nail in the coffin, isn't it? When you start comparing, I've got the shit stories. <laughs> well, I beg to differ. Is that how you got together with Danny? You know, he's got a great constitution. I'm proud of him. I like him to be proud of it, you know, so. I mean, that's true, Alison, actually. that That's either a conversation that you have with a close friend or with someone you've been together for a very, very long time. <laughs> and they're the ones holding your hand as you cry on the toilet. I was going to say, do you remember the time you had to hold my hand? Yeah. Remember you had to mop my brow and I had really bad diarrhoea. Um, Well, Maureen, as always, that is an absolute classic. Um, Thank you, Maureen Younger, for your baby morning moment. (laughs) Alison, we're heading to you because I know that you are the Agni Auntess with the most S. Oh, that doesn't work. I liked it, though. No. (laughs) The Agni Aunt that can take on the chart. I should have thought this through before I started. (laughs) It's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stuff. Eating chips. Take my advice. 
take my advice, I ain't using it. Hey, listen, thank you again, everyone who writes in. Just a little reminder, (laughs) I am not a professional therapist, everyone. What I am is I'm two ears who like to hear. So uh, that I want you to remember, everyone. But I I genuinely do care, and I just want you to know that when you do send in a problem, I do a lot of research, I do some reading, and I try to give you some good suggestions. But I am not a therapist. And in fact, (laughs) I don't know if this is a good sign. Sidetrack. This week I spoke with my therapist and uh, she actually asked me if there's anything else I'd ever want to do in my life other than comedy. I don't know if that's a good sign when your therapist is like, I think this is unhealthy for you. (laughs) So this week's problem is, now I had a couple of people write in, so I kind of combined them. So someone is having a ladybird infestation problem, and they do not like ladybirds. They've got a a, a fear of ladybirds. And then also, uh, my boyfriend, currently, uh, it's spider season, everyone, and he does not do well with spiders. So I thought, let's just put them together. Let's just do phobias. Facing fears, right? Let's face our fears. Was was So how do you face a fear? Now, first off, difference between a fear and a phobia. A fear... It's just something that you're like, eh, I try to avoid it. I don't like it. A phobia is like you will go to the nth degree to not have to deal with it. So, for example, I have a friend who has a phobia of flying. He takes ships everywhere. He sails on water. He will sail for a week as opposed to, like, a flight somewhere. That is a phobia. Okay, so I'm assuming that these are fears. The most effective way to get over a phobia or a fear is to gradually, delicately, and repeatedly expose yourself to that fear in a safe and controlled manner. This is the way you kind of move on with it. So the best way to think of it is as a fear ladder. Okay, I want you to think of this. I want you to make a list of all the frightening situations related to your phobia slash fear. So, for example, for this one, let's say it's bugs. All right, we have we have a fear of insects. So we want to think about everything to do surrounding that to help us get over it. So, okay, uh, what are some things we can do? Okay, well, we could we could read books about bugs. Uh, we could look at pictures about bugs. We could watch movies with bugs in it. Uh, we can stand in places where bugs might be. We can look at bugs in real life close by. We can eventually try to catch a bug. We can eventually try to take a bug outside. These are all things that we could do that would gradually bring us closer to not being afraid. But what you want to do is put those things kind of in order. What's the easiest thing to do? So maybe it's to read about bugs. That's step one of your ladder. All I want you to do is like look at some pictures and read about bugs until the point comes where that shuddering, terrifying feeling doesn't hit you as much anymore. And then you move on to the next step, which might be stand in a place where there might be bugs. So then you start standing in areas and going, okay, I know there's a spider close by. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to be, and you do that. Now there is no rush and you go to each step of the ladder as you see fit. Okay. And there's no rush. You could maybe just be reading about bugs for the next year. I don't care, but you slowly look at it as a step that brings you closer and closer and you work your way up that ladder. You have to keep at it, though, because practice is what's going to make perfect. So you can't just read a book about bugs and be like, boom, I've done my thing. I'm still afraid of bugs. No, 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 no. You got to get closer. You got to get closer. We're working up to that day where you can catch a bug and put it back outside. So you got to stick with it and constantly be practicing and going through that. And eventually the anxiety will start to fade a little bit. Another thing you should do is learn how to calm yourself quickly. 
Okay, so when that fear starts to hit you in that anxiety about seeing that spider or that ladybird, two breathing techniques that I think are really good that will bring you back in. Number one, take your hand, put it on your stomach and deep breaths. And I want you to push your hand in. So the breath is pushing your hand out and then exhale. So in through the nose, fill up your belly and then through your mouth. You do that a few times, keeping your hand on the belly, that will calm you. I promise. The other thing you can do is a counting technique. Inhale for seven. Exhale for five. Inhale for seven. And if you count while you're counting, your mind will be distracted and you will not be thinking about that thing anymore. So these are just techniques to bring you back into a happier place as you're trying to work up your fear ladder. Another thing you can do to get over that initial fear is use your senses. So movement. A lot of people, when they feel the heebie-jeebies of something, they kind of do a little dance and jump around. That's instinct. That's your body shaking it off. So movement can help you get past those things. Sight. Look at something that pleases you. If you're starting to get that icky feeling, look at, I don't know, look at your children, look at your loved one, look at a piece of cake, whatever's going to put you in a happier state. Use sight to look at something nice. Smell, I mean, go smell something nice, the smell of fresh bread. This is just to get you over that initial as you're working your way up your fear ladder. Touch, give yourself a little neck massage, a little hand massage, whatever you do. Taste, maybe after every time you work your way up that ladder, you reward yourself with a little piece of cake or a little a little piece of chocolate or my, in my preferred choice, potato potato chips, crisps, right? You reward yourself a little bit to get you into the realm of like positive affirmation for this experience around the bugs. Also meditation, great stress reliever. I'm always a big fan of that. Also think of this. If you were telling your friend to do something to get over a fear, what would you say to them? And then always try to like put it back on yourself. Okay. So any advice you'd be giving to somebody, give it to yourself. This is always one technique I I believe in. Take timeouts. Don't force yourself all the time to be facing these fears. Don't try to be perfect. There is no perfect way to get over your fears and facing them. Just find your steps and go through it. Talking about it with other people who maybe have the same fears, that might be nice. That might be nice, right? Are there groups out there for ladybird uh, fear people? Uh, I mean, join ladybird fear. Well, I mean, maybe if you look up ladybird on the internet, you may not get the type of group that you're thinking of. But try it. See what happens. Might be exciting either way. These are the main things that I really think you need to do. But I really liked the ladder technique, the steps to get past the fear. And like, even if you're the first step for a long time, it doesn't matter. You just think of it as working your way up that ladder. That is the best advice I can give you for facing your fear. If it's a phobia, though, please go see a real therapist and work through it. Again, I am not one. But those are some simple steps I think you can take to help you get past your fears. I don't think I've got any phobia fairy things myself, but if I did, those would all be really great ways of learning how to manage my... I think a lot of the time it's just being able to manage how you feel about something and create perspective around it, isn't it? You have a phobia of watching me eat jacket potatoes. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. So what we'll do... (laughs) We'll just sit you at a table in front of Maureen for a little while. You just sit yeah. there, okay? Then one day we bring out the food. Then one day... It's not going to work, Alison. I think this technique might fall down. Do you know what? Sometimes it's not just jacket potatoes. It's just Maureen. Maybe I should send Maureen to an etiquette course. It's too late. It's not going to work. It's a bit like me going that mindfulness course. Complete waste of time. She won't be listening. There won't be any point. No. I hope Danny finds that useful. Yeah. And I hope our ladybird pal finds that useful as well. Maureen, I mean, 
dare I ask, have you got any thoughts or feelings? Have I got any thoughts or feelings about anything? <laughs> In general. <laughs> Obviously about what Alison was just talking about. I mean, I once saw a mouse once and I did scream, but that was because they're really quick movers as well. They, they are like, fast. They do move quick, yeah. And it is disconcerting how quickly they, they jump about. You know, I hate slugs. Ooh. I get slugs in my house. Ooh. And I tend to walk barefoot. So if I stood <gasps> on a slug, that would be, I think that would be it. Where do they come from? Are they back door? Back door, I think, yeah. Do you put salt down by the back door? No. Oh, that's what you should do. Do a line of salt at the back door. And then it stops the slug. Yeah, I might do that. So that's all I have for today in regards to any sort of advice. But thank you again, everyone. Keep writing in. Keep sharing your problems with me. I am very grateful. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Boy, you look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to point It's called being professional, Alison. <laughs> Let's just turn our attention to what we have been watching on television. Television and cinema, because I went to the cinema. I went to watch Belfast, oh. which I know Jen's watched. What did you think? I loved it. I very much loved it. Beautifully filmed. I think the opening shot is, is fantastic. The way he oh. sets everything up and then how it, it got destroyed. It's just incredibly well done. The young guy in it is fantastic. I really thought it was great. And um, as I said to Maureen before she went to see it, Dame Judi Dench is in the, in the movie and is a marvel, as always. And the fact that her Irish accent is absolutely appalling does not detract 
either from her performance or from the film in general. You can see that there is that quandary that the family are in, particularly the mum, portrayed by Katrina Balfe, where she wants to stay in her hometown. She wants to stay in Ireland. She doesn't want to leave Belfast. And so they stay, even as it gets more and more dangerous for them to stay. Um, and I really felt that that was captured so beautifully. And they end up, you know, in many ways, they leave because, fortunately, the character played by Jamie Dorn and the father has a job and they can go to England safely and have work and live in a nice house. But it does sort of really highlight that most people, and it's particularly when we're looking at everything that's happening in the Ukraine and that's happened in Syria with the endless refugee crisis that have happened over the, the last decade, how absolutely traumatising it is for people to leave their home and how it changes them and how it... You might think it's a better life, but there's no better life than being where you're from. And whilst we all might... We have freedom of movement and we can go wherever we want, most of us will stay in the country that we're born in, in most cases. It's a very Irish thing, isn't it? Because for centuries, Irish, basically, in order to get a better life, had to leave Ireland. What's brilliant about the first scene is you get the idea of how, what a community it was and that sense of family and that sense of... And I remember that in the 70s, you know, you'd all be out on the street playing and everything like that, which, of course, you don't do now anyway. And then how that's all destroyed, it's... Um... And also, I think it really highlights how, how whatever they described as the troubles in Ireland at the time, it was a civil war and it was a war and many people died. And I think it really highlights how much trauma that that created for those people who had Catholic friends who were Protestant and vice versa and who just wanted to live their lives and didn't want to get involved mm. with the sectarian violence. But had no choice. But had no choice, yeah. And about the yeah. very idea that you had to pick a team, pick a side or... Or else. Yeah, or else, yeah. And the filming is fantastic. I'll tell you what, I won't be watching, guys. You're going to be really upset about this. Outlander, because you've got, you've got to subscribe to Stars now. I know, I know. It's not on Amazon. You've got to do a special subscription. Well, they've lost us, haven't they, Maureen? I'm not subscribing to another channel. I, I can't do any more. I'm already Netflix, Amazon Prime, Now TV and Apple. And Disney. You've got Disney as well. And Disney. Are you out of your bloody mind? I'm like spending like 100 quid a month just on watching telly. This is absurd. So guys are going to be really gutted, but there'll be no um, Outlander podcast podcast. I think people will be devastated. All three of them will be really upset to hear that. Never mind. Well, I'll tell you something I did watch, which makes it easier. I did watch The Ipcris File, which is a new TV series. I don't know if both of you have seen the film with Michael Caine. Very famous film in the 1960s. Brilliant movie. It was like the antidote to Bond because he's like this uh, cockney spy. And so they've now done a TV series featuring Joe Cole and ITV. Yeah. I watched the first one. Did you watch it? I watched half of it and I was so bored that I switched over. The problem with me is I'm comparing it to the film. The film is absolutely brilliant. And I did find it slow, isn't it? Well, I stopped watching it, so that's how interested. And I just found the character played by Joe Cole to be utterly annoying. And it just seemed like uh, that whole Cold War British drama thing just feels a bit sort of contrived. And I've seen it a hundred million times and I don't know that I want to see it again. I find it a bit boring. I mean, I'll probably look at the next one and see how I go. Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely probably needs to give it another episode. Um, yeah. But I, I just didn't have the patience for it on Sunday night. I was like, this is... And, and with all the adverts, I was like, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> I have decided that instead of doing a TV show this week, I'm going to discuss some podcasts that I've listened to that Ooh. I've really, really oh, enjoyed. Oh, yeah. I recently finished listening to Bad Blood, the final chapter 
and it's about uh, Elizabeth Holmes, who founded Theranos and was subsequently accused of fraud and lying to investors and patients and doctors and what have you about uh, what this black box that tested blood. So she said that a drop of blood that was put through on this technology could not only test for all kinds of different conditions, but also it could preempt. So it could tell you, like, if you might have a predisposition to cancer or you might have a predisposition predisposition to diabetes or what have you. So it was like this incredible new medical technology and it all turned out that it was absolutely bollocks and it, she couldn't do that and it was all a load of nonsense. Anyway, that podcast... I can't remember how many episodes. It felt like a lot. I think there's like 10 or 12 episodes, but it's absolutely brilliant. And it goes in quite forensically looking. And it is it is quite dense, this podcast, but it goes in and talks about Elizabeth Holmes, how she started and her subsequent downfall. So that is a brilliant podcast, which I can highly recommend. The other podcast that I listen to is a BBC podcast called The Coming Storm. And it's basically looks at fake news, basically, and conspiracy theories and QAnon and the idea of how QAnon started and its plot to sort of break our understanding of what the truth is and what reality is by creating almost an alternate reality online. So that basically whatever you and I understand to be true online, somewhere else is a group of people that are saying that that's all lies and how that came about. Anyway, it's absolutely fascinating. And it looks at it from both sides, how the right have done it, but also how the left have done it as well when it comes to Donald Trump and things leaked out about how he was a Russian spy and da 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 and how there was actually no evidence of that. But that news came out and we all got behind it and we all believed it, you know, about those prostitutes peeing on him. There was no evidence of that. But anyway, the whole point is, is that it's a very fascinating podcast and I can highly recommend that. And also the last one is a podcast called Chameleon, which is a US podcast. And there's three series. I personally couldn't get into series two, but series one and series three are absolutely fascinating. And I can definitely recommend both of those. The first one, it's called Chameleon because it's looking at how people pretend to be something that they're not and how that impacts the people around them. And the first series is just called Chameleon. And the third series is called Chameleon Wild Boys and those two series are absolutely brilliant. I don't really want to go too much into them because if I do I feel like I'm going to just be doing like spoilers. But the first one I guess is catfishing. We you know what catfishing yeah, is yeah, but yeah. you are pretending to be someone else, but it's such a convoluted catfish. Like it's absolutely insane. And when you get to about four or five episodes in, the reveal of who it is that's doing it is quite like what? So I can definitely recommend those three to listen to. And you get really absorbed in them. That's what I really enjoyed about them, is that it's just an alternative to spending all of our time watching television. Mm, excellent. I know you guys aren't podcast consumers. I absolutely absorb them. And I'm always on the lookout for new podcasts. And actually, on that note, Alison, I have a podcast tip for you. Yes. This podcast was made for Alison June Smith. Okay, what is it? I swear to God, you and Danny listen to it late at night, dim the lights. It's called Uncanny. Okay. And basically, it's stories from people around the country and it's their ghost stories. Oh, yes. I don't believe in ghosts. I'm not even particularly interested in poltergeists or all that kind of stuff. But, oh, my God, the storytelling in this is so good 
and the sound effects and all the spookiness. I honestly had it in the car driving to a gig the other day. I had to switch it off because I got so scared. Bearing in mind, I'm in a car alone. It was very late at night. And because I couldn't see what was happening in the back seat, I just thought, oh, my God, is there somebody in the back of the car? You know, I like I, I got myself into a right state um, listening, <laughs> listening to this podcast. It's utterly brilliant. I haven't been able to finish it yet because I need gaps in between because it's, I've just realised I'm a complete scaredy cat. But Uncanny is fantastic. And anyone else um, that's into that sort of thing, I would highly recommend it. And just for the storytelling. It's, it's fantastic. Amazing. I will be listening to that immediately. Alison, tell us about your horror film. So because we were talking about uh, phobias and, you know, how to get over it, the movie that I'm going to choose this week is, honestly, this is one of my favorites. I had very low expectations going into it, and then when I saw it, I loved it. It is called The Mist. So essentially what happens is an eerie mist sets upon a town and it's like things start to appear in the mist. So David and his son are trapped in a supermarket along with some other townsfolk when suddenly a mist engulfs the entire city bringing along bloodthirsty creatures that devour anyone in their path. Now the reason why I chose this is because they are trapped in a grocery store. Number one claustrophobia, all right? You're trapped in a small store with a bunch of other people. There's a fear. Number two, these monsters, I, I'm not spoiling it by saying it, they have a very bug-like sort of appearance when you do see some of them. So it's, again, kind of facing the fear of bugs, claustrophobia, and the fear of the unknown, which is what this movie is all about. What's in the mist? We don't know. It's absolutely terrifying. I loved it. It's not a lot of blood and gore. It's not even a lot of like jump out and like, ah, kind of scares. It's just a creepy what's in that mist. I loved it. I can't recommend it enough. And I think it dresses a lot of phobias. So that is my horror movie pick of the week. Okay, cool. Who's in that? In it is Thomas Jane, Marcia Gay Harden, Lori Holden, Andre Brugger and Toby Jones. Oh, he's a really good actor. Who's Andre Brugger? He was in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if I think he's think of the oh, right guy. Yeah. Oh, He's in Homicide, oh, oh. Life on the Beat, which was a brilliant TV series. He was fantastic in that. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you'd recommend it? 100% I would recommend it. It's actually based off of a Stephen King's book, The Mist. That's it! That's how I yeah. know it. Yes. Yeah. Great. Recommend. I love a Stephen King recommend. And sometimes with Stephen King books, the movies let you down. I hate to say it, but not with this one. I found it really fun and exciting. Mm. So. Okay. Great recommendation. Alison June-Smith, thank you so much. Maureen Younger, it is your corner. It has been cultured. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> Carrying on the theme of 80s music, and I thought about groups. So a couple of groups, some of you probably heard of them. I thought, what's very 80s? And they've got great videos, ABC. The Look of Love, Poison Arrow, All of My Heart. 
They were massive in the early 80s. Do you know them? I don't know. I was just about to Google them. ABC. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were very big in, in, in They were the really big. And the videos are a lot, a lot of fun if you want to check them out on YouTube. And another group, which Alison might not have heard of, I think they were very British, the Blow Monkeys. Oh, I love the Blow Monkeys. And honestly, their videos are also really, really good. Digging your scene, it doesn't have to be this way, probably their most famous records. Worth watching because they really will cheer you up. And the front man was great. He was a really, really good front man. He had a quiff. He looked a little bit like Morton Harkett. Yes, he did. Yeah, he I'm did. looking at him right now. Yeah. And then uh, other great group from that period, Loose Ends which was fantastic. And they came out with a song called Hanging on a String from 1985. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. It's such a great tune and it was so different from everything else. And they were the first black British band to have a number one on the US Billboard R&B chart. Oh, really? Yeah. That song was massive. By 1990, it was only Carl McIntosh was in, but they had a really great song called Don't Be a Fool, which I really love, which is a very great song if you want to check that out. Okay. But he was the only one left from the original lineup, And then a Another band, which you can't talk about in the 80s without mentioning them, Soul to Soul. Oh, oh Soul to Soul. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to Life. Jazzy's Groove is actually one of my favourite songs. Oh, I that. love Jazzy's Groove. I loved Jazzy's Groove. I yeah. mean, they were massive. When that came out, it was just such a great, it's a great album, actually, that album. Yeah, that's that track, uh, was it Keep On Moving? And my friend's cousin was actually the singer. You know the singer that moves her hair around? Yeah. That was my best friend's cousin. Oh, hey. That was your friend's best friend's cousin. Wow, that is quite the connection you've got yes, there, Maureen. that is my claim to fame. A girl I went to school with did backing singing for Soul to Soul for a while. <gasps> it was just such a lovely sound. And it was very British. So, you know, a lot of British music coming to the fore at that time. So, yeah, check those groups out. I think you'll really enjoy them. What do you think, girls? Yeah, I absolutely love all of those. I mean, Soul to Soul has a particular place in my heart, that album Club Classics. And they transcended because I know them completely from being in Canada. It like, was massive. They were just really represented what was happening that time in London and in the scene. And not, I mean, I was only a child, but... They were also so cool. Yes. <laughs> they were like ridiculously cool, soul to soul. And that album just was played endlessly right through to yeah, the yeah, 90s, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? And it, it didn't date. And it sums up that period, you know, of that time, that kind of music and those kind of clubs. So, yeah, if you haven't heard of any of them, do check them out. I don't think you'll regret it. No, you will not. Maureen Younger, thank you for your cultural recommendations. Uh, we're nearing the end of the podcast, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> We are. We've talked about a lot of things. We've learned a lot of things. We've shared a lot of things. But what we really want to know at this point is what the hell is getting your goat, Jen? I don't want to lose my shit over. Okay, this is it. Right. Jen's goat is happening now. I cannot handle this. What's getting on your nerves? Richard fucking Branson. <laughs> I guess that might come up. What the fuck, man? I can't believe I'm paying for this broadband. Look, you're listening to this podcast and it's coming out to you in 40 minutes or whatever and you're like, oh, it just seems very neat and tidy. Well, it wasn't in the record and I'll tell you why. Because my bloody internet kept cutting out and I'm now not even on the Zoom call. I can't see Maureen and Alison because we can't trust Virgin Broadband to be able to support both clean feed and Zoom on the same fucking... You know what? I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. But we've just had to renew the fucking contract with these pricks because there's no one else. There's, they've got a monopoly here on my street in Brighton and I resent it and I hate it that I'm paying for a service that doesn't freaking work. And when you call these absolute bellends up, nobody picks up the phone. You've got to go through to some press three if you want to talk to... I don't want to... 
don't I want to press three? I just want to talk to a human fucking being, okay? And when the human fucking being comes on, I want them to understand that their broadband is shit. No disrespect to that poor Filipino man I spoke to the other day, but it's not his fault, okay? So, Richard Branson, you're not listening to this. Why the fuck would you? But you're an absolute prick. Your service is shit. I don't believe that you should be a billionaire. I am against everything that you stand for, and I fucking hate you. But other than that, I have no strong feelings about Virgin. (laughs) It's Happy International Day. We're recording it on Happy International Women's Day. So, to all the women out there listening... Happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day, three or four days after. (laughs) It's International Women's Day every day, everyone, so. Do you know what? It bloody well is for our WTB listeners. And actually, listen, we never say it because we're not those women. Well, Alison is, but Maureen and I aren't. Uh, We'd like to thank all of you for listening. Genuinely, we really enjoy meeting up every week and talking bollocks. And we hope that you enjoy listening to it. And thank you so much for listening. And listen... Don't expect to hear that kind of earnestness every week because it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Oh, you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that do. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.